If you ever wonder what the red hot why for Eastview Christian Church is, that's it. Life change, baptism, celebrating God doing something in our lives. And if you're here today and you want to have the courage to take that step, we'd love to see you do that. I'm so glad you guys are here today. It's good to be together. Grab your Bibles. We're going to be in Daniel chapter 6. It's in the Old Testament. If you're, if you're new to church, you can find it. I'll give you time to do that. But I want to welcome everybody that's here today. It's good to be with you. If you don't notice that the Holy Spirit's doing something amazing in your midst right now, uh, then uh, I don't know how to get it any more exciting than it is right now. The Holy Spirit's working in the people of Eastview. He's working at Shanoa. He's working at Bloomington Campus. God blessings to all of you guys in Washington. Uh, I want to say hi to Patty and Jim in Longboat Key and Rob and Catherine in Rockport, Texas. Granny, Granny in Navarre Beach, Florida. And Derek and Beth in Naples, God bless you and everybody watching online. I believe God wants to say something to us today about courage. He wants us to have courage. And, um, and when I started thinking about the topic and the word for the day, the lyrics of one song came to mind. It's a famous line story, and you probably know it. If I were the king of the forest. <laughs> I actually had to ask some younger generations if younger generations know this movie or not, but uh, that's, that's sad. But that's the, famous, that's the famous song that the lion sings in The Wizard of Oz. He's the friend of Dorothy, and it's a very confident-sounding song. If I were the king in the forest, and he lists all the stuff that he would do, if you know the song, you know how it goes. But, but then at the end of the song, Dorothy says, if you were the king, you wouldn't be afraid of anything, anybody or anything. And he says, not nobody, not know how. Not even a rhinoceros, imposterous. How about a hippopotamus? Why, I'd trash him from top to bottomus. And he goes on telling about how he is the king of the forest with all this courage, would just rule, and he would not be afraid of anybody. And the bravado continues until they ask him how. His friends go, how will you do this? And the answer is courage. And he sings another song, which I'll spare you the details of right now. But in this song, it's revealed that he doesn't have any courage. In fact, we know him as the cowardly lion. And today's story from Daniel 6 is another famous lion story about courage. It's as famous as the Wizard of Oz. For those of us who grew up in church, or maybe you've been associated with church a little bit, you know the story of Daniel and the lion's den. And it's another story in which we're going to learn how to live fearless. How do we live fearless in Babylon? He's the exile in real Babylon 2,700 years ago. How do we find the courage to live in our Babylon. And here's the final word of this whole series. This series has been great. We had so many comments, and I've loved every minute of it. Um, we've looked at these words of how we are going to be fearless. We resolve to not be like the world. We pray as if everything depended on God. We trust him to get us through. Last week, we talked about we have to be patient and wait on his timing. And this week, we come to the word courage. Courage. If we are going to live fearlessly in Babylon, we're going to have to have courage. And the problem is that probably most of us here, aside from Sundays when everybody's smiling and we're singing Christian songs and we're all dressed up in church, most of us probably feel on Mondays like cowardly Christians. And we don't know how to have courage. There's a lot of brave talk sometimes in the church, but when push comes to the shove of a lion's den, how much courage do we have? So today we're going to look for answers again. I believe that Daniel was one of the most courageous guys in the scripture. 
but I think this story is going to take a twist that you're maybe not expecting. So let's look at this today, and let's learn about courage. Daniel chapter 6, verse 1, there's a new king on the throne. His name is Darius. It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps. They're just government officials to be throughout the whole kingdom and over them three high officials of whom Daniel was one to whom these satraps should give account so that the king might suffer no loss. Then this Daniel became distinguished above all the other high officials and the satraps because he had an excellent spirit in him and the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. Then the high officials, the satraps, sought to find a ground for complaint against Daniel with regard to the kingdom, but they could find no ground for the complaint or any fault because he was faithful and no error or fault was found in him. Then these men said, we shall not find any ground for complaint against this Daniel unless we find it in connection with the law of his God. So these guys are conniving as you always find out when you're competing with other people and they want what you have, somebody's going to come up with some kind of plot. So these guys do. They come to the king and they say, king, we got a great way to establish your new throne. Uh, you, you just need to declare that for 30 days, no one can seek the, the royalty and the sovereignty of anybody else but you. This will really establish you on the throne. Can't pray to God. Can't pray to any false gods. They only can pray to you, Darius. And when you sign this document... It's sealed. It, it, it cannot be overturned. That's the rule of the Medes and the Persians in the ancient days. The king signs it. That's the law. It can't be overturned. No way, no how. I don't know where that came from. Anyway, so that's the story. And then we pick it back up in verse 10. So the king signs. Who wouldn't sign a document and say, you can only worship me, right? So he does. Verse 10, when Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he went to his house where he had windows in his upper chamber open toward Jerusalem. He got down on his knees three times a day and he prayed and gave thanks before his God as he had done previously. And then these men came by agreement and found Daniel making petition and plea before his God. And then they came near and they said before the king concerning the injunction, O king, did you not sign an injunction that anyone who makes petition to any God or man within 30 days except to you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions? The king answered and said, the thing stands fast according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be revoked. Then they answered and said before the king Daniel, who's one of the exiles from Judah, pays no attention to you, O king, or the injunction you have signed, but he makes his petition three times a day. Then the king, when he heard these words, was much distressed and set his mind to deliver Daniel. And he labored till the sun went down to rescue him. And then these men came by agreement uh, to the king and said again, Know, O king, that it's the law of the Medes and the Persians that no injunction or ordinance that the king establishes can be changed then the king commanded, and Daniel was brought and cast into the lion's den. The king declared to Daniel, may your God whom you serve continually deliver you. And a stone was brought, laid on the mouth of the den. The king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the signet of his lords that nothing may be changed concerning Daniel. Then the king went to his palace, spent the night fasting. No diversions were brought to him. And sleep fled from his eyes. Let's pray. God, I pray that you would teach us today to be courageous, to be men and women of God because of our faith in Jesus Christ and every lyric of the songs that we've sung today, believing those that we would find courage to be people like this Daniel who lived in ancient Babylon as we live in this new Babylon. God, I pray that you would do what only you can do today by the power of your Holy Spirit and the preached word of God lifting up of Jesus, that you would preach thousands of sermons in millions of ways, and that you would teach us courage today. 
God, it is a scary world we live in, and we need courage. And I pray that today someone who doesn't know your son, Jesus Christ, whether here or online or one of our campuses, will just realize there's no courage without Jesus Christ and that they'll come to faith in you. So God, um, we give this time to you. This is time where you speak to us through your word, and I pray that you give me the words to say it. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Now, some of you, I heard a little kid say amen. That's so awesome, dude. Love it. Uh, Well, that's great. Uh, Some of you guys are disappointed because I didn't finish the story. You're like, he's stopping right there? He's not going to get to the good part, the Sunday school ending, the one where God gets all of these kids, uh, gets, gets uh, Daniel out of the, the, the lion's den and then puts his enemies in there for them to take the place of his punishment. And, and, and I, I, I did that intentionally because I know that God always delivers Christ followers from the situations they're in. We've looked at it in the book of Daniel. God always delivers. The king was going, hey, you know what? Uh, May your God deliver you. May your God rescue you. And here's the end of the story. The end of every Christian story through Jesus Christ is God delivers us. That's the way it always is. But when you're heading to the fiery furnace, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and when you're chucked into the lion's den, like Daniel, you don't know how the story's gonna end. You don't know how he's going to deliver you. And so I, wanted, I, I just want us to look today at the courage of Daniel before he gets to the lion's den. We, we know that in the, in the middle of a scary story like the lion's den, you need some courage. But what I want to tell you today and what I want to share with you today is that courage is not something you just get. Courage is not just something that happens to you. In the Bible, it's not a, it's not a fruit of the Holy Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, courage, No. It's actually not even a gift of the Holy Spirit to have courage. I can't just stir you all up today and say, hey, and here's, the, here's the phrase, muster up the courage. I don't even know what muster means. But you can't just get it. You can't have, here's the way that you get courage, and this is gonna be profound, so get ready to write. You get courage by having courage. That's how you get it. And what I believe is you get great courage through small courage. That I would say it this way, Christian courage comes from a lifetime of small, courageous steps called faith. That's how you get courage. Courage for the lion's den over, is formed over time through small, consistent courage steps that happen in the life of Babylon. That's what I see in Daniel, and that's what we're gonna share today. So today, the first thing I wanna tell you is, by the way, a new technology, so what could possibly go wrong? The first thing I want to tell you today is this. Be courageous by living a life that stands out. Be courageous by living a life that stands out. Remember, we're not at the lion's den yet. We don't even know the lions are coming. For 70 years, Daniel, who's now 83 years old, has been living in Babylon, and here's the testimony about his life. He's he's lived the life that stands out. Look in verse 3, that he was distinguished above all the others, He stood out among the 120 officers called satraps. He stood out among the three high officials. He he was distinguished because, look in verse 3, he has an excellent spirit in him. We'll talk about that in just a moment. Listen, I just want want to encourage you again that Daniel may not have been this superhero of courage that we think he is. As far as we know, Daniel didn't wear a Love Babylon Province (laughs) t-shirt. 
right? That he didn't advertise his faith on a bumper sticker on his sports utility camel, right? He, he, he didn't, yeah, I, I'll be here all week, guys. Stick around. As far as we know, he never did anything that went viral. As far as we know, Daniel never gave a, let's take courage in God's speech. But what we do know about him is that he lived the life that was noticed by his enemies, and by the king, and frankly, uh, uh, by everyone who was around him. His display of courage was the simple daily life that he lived. Isn't that cool? Daniel had the courage to live every day in a way that people noticed in Babylon and culture. And if you see, want to stop right now, I believe that's the sermon for us today. The way that we change people in Babylon is not to be like them to live a distinguished life so that they see us and go, something's different about them. King Darius notices this in verse three. We have this, this is the second time in Daniel that, that Daniel's described as someone who had an excellent spirit. The root word of the word excellent in the Hebrew means to shine. He has a shining spirit. He has a shining breath inside of him. Uh, we'll get to the scripture in just a moment, but his life was like a light shining in a dark world. When he came into a room, of 120 officials, the king was going, I don't know what it is about that guy, but he's different. And when he met with his top three advisors, he, he goes, I don't know what it is about Daniel, but he just excels everybody. Was he brilliant? Maybe. Was he good looking? Maybe. Probably not at this age as, as he was when he was younger. But did he have all these skills that you and I think we have to have to have courage? Probably not as good as you think. What Daniel had was an excellent spirit, a surpassing breath or wind that when he came into a room, everybody could feel it. Everybody knew it. And King Darius understood it. His enemies got it. They, they, they looked at him. They said, oh, man, and they were jealous, by the way. They were jealous of 120 satraps. 119 of them said, what's so good about him? And of the three higher officials, two of them said, why him? The king was getting ready to put him as the number one dude next only to the king in Babylon. And I'm telling you today, it's not because he was exceptional, it's because he lived the simple Christian life. He was courageous in living a life that stands out. Even his enemies could find no scandal. Look at this, what it says about him in verse four. I wanna explain some of this to you because you might uh, get confused. Uh, the high officials, the satraps, they sought to find a ground for a complaint against Daniel. They couldn't find a complaint. Anybody who's led anybody to anything finds this as a miracle. He's leading people and there, there's no complaints. They have no, no reason to say, no, he did this poorly. And then look at this, it says, there's no fault in him. This doesn't mean he's perfect. The word fault here means corruption. This guy's in charge of a bunch of people. No one has a complaint. They can't find anything in the records that says he's cheated or done something wrong. Praise God, there wasn't social media and cameras back in the day, right? I see this all the time. I was a pretty good guy in the 80s, but there's no video evidence. So uh, praise God for that, right? But here's the deal. Daniel, they couldn't find anything. And, and here's the, ver the word in verse four. He was faithful. He was faithful. He was who he said he was. He's a, they even refer to him. He's, he's one of the exiles from Judah. Nothing more, nothing less. He's a follower of God, and, but it was his walk that made the difference. 
And that's in your, in your um, notes there today. What I just want to say to you is to walk properly. The way that we can live courageous in this Babylon is just to walk properly before the people around us. Wouldn't it be great if the people of McLean County and beyond would say about us, would say about you, would say about me, they have an excellent spirit. Everybody else at work is this way. Everybody else at the office is this way. Everybody else at school is this way. Everybody else in the neighborhood or at the gym or the checkout counter, they're this way. But this person, they stand out. Do you have the courage today to stand out, to live a life that stands out from everybody else? Matthew 5, 13, Jesus says this when he tells us to be the salt of the earth, the light of the world. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven What's he telling you to do? Change the world? No, just let your light shine. Just live a life that's different. Paul encourages the Corinthians and in, in, uh, when he writes to them in uh, 1 Corinthians, uh, 2 Corinthians 1.12, to, to behave in the world with simplicity and godly sincerity. Do you hear him saying, start a movement, do a hashtag, go viral? No, he just says, live in the world with simplicity and godly sincerity. Here's another uh, scripture that I want to show you from 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. We're going to try it, see what happens. There it is. We urge you, brothers, listen to this, guys. This is courageous living. I'm not asking you to stand on the street corner and shout Jesus. I'm not asking you to wear your Love McLean County t-shirt everywhere. I'm not asking you to preach everywhere you are just out loud and boldly. But we urge you, brothers and sisters, to do this more and more, to aspire to live quietly, to mind your own affairs, to work with your hands as we instructed you so that, here, here's, the, here's the point, so that you might walk properly before outsiders, be dependent on no one. What he's saying is, just live. Just live godly lives in the midst of other people and they'll see, the outsiders will see that you are different. Guys, I wanna share this with you today. 99% of Christ following, maybe more, this is not a scientific study, 99% of Christ following is not a boldly courageous act or movement. 99% of Christ following is having the Christian courage to live daily for God. Christian courage is not so much a dramatic willingness to die. Oh, the lion's den. He's so brave. He's so courageous. That's not what Christian courage is. Christian courage is a daily willingness to live for him in small ways. A lot of us go, I want the courage to die. The question is, do you have the courage to live? Can we live for him? Can he take charge of our lives? I'm praying that you and I walk away today going, we are gonna live courageously in our daily lives in the King's service so that people will look at us and say, oh, there's a different spirit in them. They have a spirit that stands out, it's excellent. It's a bright shining light. Do you have the courage for that this week? I've got some suggestions for you and you're gonna be blown away by how non-courageous these sound. How about you just... Live authentically in your home and work. That you say you're a Christian and you just kind of live like that. And if you mess up, you, you, you want to stand out? Tell people you're sorry. Tell them to forgive you. You, you, you want to stand out this week? Put your phone down. Look somebody in the eyes. Talk to them face to face for five minutes. You want to stand out this week? Ask somebody how they're doing and then listen. You want to stand out this week? Work hard at school, work hard at work, work hard at home. You want, you, you want to you stand out this week? Don't cuss like everybody else in this culture does. 
I've turned entire conversations in gyms, workout gyms, by not cussing. It just changes it. And then they go, hey, what do you do? I'm a pastor. Oh, sorry. <laughs> You're not cussing against me, man. <laughs> right? You want, you want to stand out this week? Do something generous for someone else. You want to stand out this week? Give something away. I was joking with my wife. I broke this this week. I already messed this up on the way to church today. You want to stand out in this culture? Get in the slow lane. Slow down. Don't be a jerk when you're driving. (laughs) Confession is good for the soul. You want to stand out this week? Don't gossip like everyone else. You want to stand out this week? Don't rant on social media. Don't repost junk on social media. You want to stand out? Just put scriptures on your social media. Tell people that you love Jesus. You want to stand out this week? Don't be rushed. I could go on and on and on. I hope that you understand that it's the simple, courageous, daily things we do that make a difference. Daniel was courageous, not because he survived the lion's den, but because he lived the life that had this incredible, excellent spirit of God living out of him. Guys, it is very hard. Love McLean County. Have you heard about it? Love McLean <laughs> I heard an amen at Bloomington campus. All right, I'll take it. At its very heart, Love McLean County is this simple. Do you have the courage to name some friends who don't know Jesus? Can you just name them and can you pray for them? Do you have the courage to walk into every place you go this week and say, Lord, if you'll make this holy, I'll make it holy that you walk into every place with a mission? Do you have the courage this week to ask God for ways to love and serve other people? Do you have the courage this week to invite someone to come into your life or to your church to meet your Savior? Do you have the courage to pray this prayer? If you're wondering where that prayer comes from, it's all those things we're asking you to do. Father, draw my people, whoever they are, to your Son. Make my places Holy ones, everywhere I go this week, may they be holy. Give me ways to serve and love. Just, God, open the doors. I promise you, I double-dog dare you to have the courage to ask God to give you ways to love and serve. He'll open the door. He always does. And give me inviting words from you above. Do you have the courage just to pray this prayer? We believe that if thousands of us all over McLean County and beyond pray this prayer thousands of times that God will answer and people will come to Jesus and our places will become holy and our lives will stand out as we serve and give and love in the name of Jesus Christ. Wow. That's the courage we're talking about. There's another courageous step here that I see in the life of Daniel. I want to encourage you today to be courageous in daily holy habits. And you say, well, where'd you get that in this story? Well, in verse 10, he got down on his knees. When he saw that the document had been signed, he got down on his knees, opened the windows towards Jerusalem. Three times a day he prayed. And look, uh, in in the end of verse 10, as he had done previously, three times a day, for I believe 70 years Daniel has prayed towards Jerusalem. Now, this, this comes from uh, 1 Kings chapter 8, verses 10 and 11. You can look at the dedication song that, that Solomon prayed before the temple was opened, was dedicated. And, and Solomon prayed, when people are in exile, when they've walked away from you and you've delivered them to the enemies and they turn and repent to you, God, when they turn to this place, 
This place, Jerusalem. And so it's the practice of Jewish people always to point towards Jerusalem to pray. And Daniel did it 3,000 years ago. And he had the courage to do it over and over and over again. Again, guys, we're not talking about saving the world. We're not talking about a hashtag movement. We're not talking about doing something courageous that's going to get you shot or fired or killed. What we're just talking about, can you pray three times a day? Will you take the steps? Will you make the, the, the part of your schedule work so that you can pray three times a day? He's done this over and over and over. I'm sure he practiced other holy habits that we don't have clearly designated here. We know he didn't eat unclean food. We got that from the first week of resolve. We, we assume that he kept the Sabbath day. We assume that he had in his life some disciplines in place, some spiritual acts that he took all the time over and over and over again so that he would be courageous. If you have the courage to do the small things, over time, you will have courage for the big things. Well, we don't know about the prayer habits of Daniel, but we do know some things about his prayer. In verse 10, he's on his knees, so he's humbled himself before God. We know that he is giving thanks in verse 10. We know that when this whole thing comes down, probably his prayers change to petition and please in verse 11. He's asking God, God, would you just be God again? I'm facing the lion's den. I'm not gonna stop uh, praying. So, by the way, I love this. Don't you love that, that, that the, his enemies knew exactly where to go to find him? They knew that he would not stop praying, number one. And they knew the time of prayer. Hey, you know what? I bet you if we sneak this house at noon, he's gonna, we're going to find him guilty and we'll have him convicted just like that. They, he, he had so many habits of following God that were holy that everybody, even his enemies, knew about him. Guys, here's what I believe today. If you have the courage to maintain daily holy habits, you'll develop courage for the scary, unexpected lion's dens of life. You, but you have to do this every day. And you don't have to be good at it. I always ask people, how do you get better at pray? I just pray. Pray a thousand times. You know how to get good at praying? Pray a thousand times. And you'll, you'll have this communication with God. Today, I want to challenge all of us to have the courage to start or add or intensify one or more of the holy habits that I'm going to list for you. Okay, we don't do this very often, but I'm going to give you examples of ways that I know you can grow in Christ, and I'm going to do it through these sources of courage that we find in the New Testament. So there are, there are uh, several of them here. I'm just going to go through them, and then I'm going to point out to you how you can do these, how you can practice these. These are the sources of courage. By the way, the strange saying in the New Testament, there are not very many courageous people. We don't have so-and-so was courageous, so-and-so was courageous, so-and-so was courageous, but they did courageous things. They, they had these courageous acts. So here's the first source of courage. You guys can take a picture of this if you want to and go look these up later or they're in your, um, your e-news outline. But the first source of courage is waiting upon the Lord. What are you talking about? How do you get courageous by waiting on the Lord? Here's what Psalm 27, 14 says. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. What does that mean? It's kind of like our patience thing from last week. Just say to God, God, I'm waiting on you. I'm waiting on you to do what only you can do. And if you wait on God you'll have courage. What are some spiritual practices that help us wait on God? Daily time in God's word. If you're here today and you don't spend daily time in the word of God, you're not gonna have courage. 
To wait on the, the Lord is to listen to his voice over and over and over again. Prayer is listening. Jason talked about it today. How many times you say, hey, God, I got nothing. I'm just here. And just listen. It's amazing how when you listen for God's voice by his spirit, you have courage. Meditation on a verse or a word from the Bible. Daily uh, just daily meditate on a, a word. Maybe your word for this week is courage. You're going to kneel before God and say, God, I'm just meditating. Meditating is not om, because you guys all think that's what I'm talking about. Meditating it literally is a Hebrew word that talks about a dog chewing a bone over and over and over again. You're just chewing on a verse. You're chewing on a word. Maybe your word for this week will be courage, and God just wants you to spend five or ten minutes a day just meditating on what it means to be a courageous Christian. Here's another action that is going to be hard for all of you. Just unplug from all the daily distractions. Get away from all the screens. Get away from your phones. Just unplug so that you're not focused on anything else from God. You're not going to find the courage in God until you get rid of the discouraging stuff that's coming through all the media. We find courage by getting rid of all the stuff. Spend time in daily reflection. It's another spiritual discipline you don't think about. Just think about your life. Most of us lead unexamined lives. We just race through every day. We go to sleep and get up the next day. Alarm goes off. We do the same thing over again. Was today a good day? Was it a bad day? Was it a good dad, a good father, a good husband, a good wife, a good child? Was I a good friend? Did I say something I regretted? Did I say something was good? What did I do today? Just spend 10 minutes a day saying, God, give me courage to live a life before you. Here's the question. Do you have courage to make time on your daily calendar to practice more, one or more of these small courage building things? Big courage happens from these small courage steps. Do you have the guts to do it? The second one on here is the Lord's presence. This is a, a, a source of courage that Tyler mentioned in our communion time today. It's Moses in Deuteronomy. Be strong and courageous. But Why? He's not just saying, hey, come on, guys, get tougher, be stronger, be courageous. No, here's how you can be courageous. It's God who goes before you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Courage comes from a constant awareness that God is here. If God's here, in fact, one of the great passages from the New Testament is Jesus walking on the water, and they're like, ah, it's a ghost. And he's like, take courage. It's me. If you know that God's with you, in the storm, in the daily walk, then you can have courage. Will you take the courageous step this week of here's some other practices, committing to memorizing a verse about God's presence? Couldn't you use this about noon on Monday? He will never leave you or forsake you. He's always with you. Couldn't you use it when you get the first bad news on Monday afternoon? He's always with you. Would you take some time to memorize this verse or another verse about the Lord's presence? Would you be courageous this week? Here's another practice in being a Bible first and Bible last person in your day. Can you arrange it? Will you take the courage to go, the first thing I do every morning is there's a scripture. And the last thing I do every night is there's a scripture. In the morning, you can just get on eastview.church and go to the e-news and you can get a mic talk, which is nothing awesome, trust me, but there's a scripture. And every day at seven o'clock, somebody said, amen. I don't know what they're amening. It's not impressive or it's a scripture. Anyway, <laughs> both are true. Would you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to encourage you with another practice. Would you, uh, would you listen to worship music every day? 
Would you let that be a part? And again, here's the great thing about all of our playlists and everything right now. You don't like songs that we sing or you like some of the songs and not others. You like hymns, you like country or whatever. You can download all kinds of Christian songs that praise the name of Jesus. Would you just have the courage to worship musically? If you could watch me and Sarah worship musically in the front row every Sunday, you might see tears come to our eyes or elation come to our hearts. It's because these songs mean something to us. They've, they've taken us through times when we needed courage. And now as we sing them, tears fill our eyes because we go, oh yeah, God is all this stuff we're singing. Would you take the courage to worship musically this week? Would you take the courage to come today as we have with the saints and worship as a congregation as the people of God, would you um, remember the body of blood of Christ and you come together? Courage comes in the songs we sing. It, here's another thing that's on this list. Other Christ followers are a way that we get encouraged. Verse 11 of uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter five says, encourage one another and build each other up. Verse 14 says to encourage the faint-hearted. Guys, here's, the, here's what you need to know. Your courage as a follower of Jesus Christ comes from other Christians who is going to encourage your Christ following if you're not around other Christ followers? So you know what I'm gonna say. Will you have the courage to join a small group? No, seriously. Would somebody just be courageous this week and go, okay, they talk about it all the time, I'm gonna do it. Why? Because your small group's gonna be just as crappy as anybody else's small group. I know it. People all the time, our small group, da, da, da. Yeah, it's human. Your small group's made of humans. But you know what? Here's what I'll tell you about my small group. We don't always have the great meeting times. We always don't do everything perfectly. But when push comes to shove, when I'm going through the hard times, they encourage me and I encourage them. Even if encouragement's the only thing you get out of your small group, you need to be in a small group. And then here's another courageous step. How about not just make an excuse and skip small group all the time? How about making it a priority? the courage just to show up. Most people, including your pastor, who's as spiritual as you think I am. Uh, there's days where I go, I don't want to go to small group tonight. I'm tired. Da, da, da. Anybody? Just me? All of us. But I go and it changes my life and it gives me courage because Christ followers encourage other Christ followers. And even deeper, will you prioritize church attendance? Will you just come every Sunday? We have the courage to come to church every week. What's good is that going to do? It's going to give you courage. The last thing here is hope. Philippians chapter 1, verses 19 and 20 says, I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, Paul's writing because he's in jail, by the way, that this is going to turn out for my deliverance, as is my eager expectation, and look at this, hope that will not be at all ashamed, but that with full courage, now as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or death. He goes on to write that famous verse right after this, for, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Now that sounds pretty stinking courageous. How are you gonna have the courage to say, I don't care, I'm gonna die in jail or I'm gonna get out and I'll keep living for God? How do you get there? Because you have hope in something greater than your situation. And he has an eager expectation and hope that God's going to handle it all. If the courage to hope in the future God has for me is there, then the timing of my death is just details. God has my story. Guys, all of this in 2 Timothy 3.16, that famous passage about the word of God and all scriptures being God-breathed, is, this is all training in righteousness. I've shared 12 uh, holy habits with you. 
And I believe this with all my heart. If you will practice these holy habits, you will be trained in righteousness to become thoroughly equipped for every good work of God, and you will find courage. But what about courage for the lion's den, Mike? You, you can't leave that part of the story out, and I'm not. I just wanted to start with these, because if you don't have these courageous acts in your life as a witness and as your habits as a Christian and Christ follower, then you will never have courage for the lion's den. Nobody in their right mind faces the lion's den and says, oh, I'm not afraid. But here's what I'm going to say. Here's the next point, maybe. Be courageous when facing circumstances that are not in your control. And you can only do that if you're courageous in the life you're living and you're courageous in your holy habits. So then when these life circumstances hit, you're ready. Was Daniel scared? I can't see any other way for him to be scared but to, but to be scared. Of course he was scared. Who wants to be ripped apart from lions by lions? Is he afraid of what's going to happen? Probably. He didn't know how this was going to turn out any more than Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego with the fire. But I don't see him begging for his life. I don't see him accusing his enemies. I don't see him saying, I'll stop praying to God. All I see him is just going to the lion's den. In fact, there's no comment from him at all. Maybe like our Lord and Savior, he didn't say a word. He just went to the lion's den. Fearless in Babylon doesn't mean it isn't scary. It just means that we're willing, we're willing to face what God has for us. Now, here's the confession for you today. You're going to have to finish this sermon. The last point of my outline has two blanks so that you can finish the sermon. Most of us have heard of Daniel, that's the first blank, and the lion's den. But what if the book of the Bible were named after you or I? What would your blanks be? Mike in the what den? Your name in the what den? I've got some guesses. Maybe the den would be the upcoming trial den. Maybe the wayward, rebellious teen den. Maybe the chemo treatment den. Maybe the den of addiction temptation. Maybe the marriage counselor den or the sudden death of a loved one den. Maybe it's the upcoming health exam, the old lonely den, the young and lonely den. Maybe it's the sick child den. Maybe it's the enemies remembering my past den. Maybe it's the job interview den or the job loss den or the out of money right now and it's two days till payday den. I don't know what den you are, you're in, but I bet you can name something that's a circumstance that's out of your control. And here's the end of the sermon. You fill in those blanks. And I don't know how that den is going to turn out. But I know that if you take small steps of courage now, you'll have more courage in the middle of that den. Let's pray. God, would you come now and would you encourage us with courage? something we have so little of and circumstances that are so scary. God, I pray for those who are going through dens now that seem insurmountable and more than they can bear, like facing a bunch of lions. But I pray, God, that you would give them strength, that they would find their hope in you and that the little courageous steps of faith they've taken till now will give them the courage to endure. God, we need you. We can't endure the lion's den without you. And we pray that in the name of Jesus Christ, you would deliver us now. We ask this in your son's name. Amen.